0: Think we are here. it is Bill Gross today is Thursday 4 p.m. Pacific time and this is probate weekly probateweekly.com we get together every week and talk about all oops talk about all things probate and real estate investment related. Um, I'm Bill Gross I'm a broker here in Los Angeles California. I focus on my lead generation activities on probate real estate and I have for about two and a half years, in particular, uh, sales at the LA County court. I think I've seen more than any agent, uh, attorney, or judge in the last two years overall. Um, But this is for people who wanna get into probate, who are new, who are investors, who wanna find probate properties. I've had people come on this call that we've bought properties for and made good investments. And I've also had, and also for real estate agents who wanna either add some probate business to the business or want to uh, focus and delve deeply into probate. So I'm an agent with the XP Realty. And uh, yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit today. This is a common topic I talk about. I think about before we start, though, what's something that I need to get the person who is looking to build their business to focus on? Right. If, if you have if you haven't going, uh, you're on track and, you know, and you're here to pick up a deal. I'm glad to have you. But really, my my attention is always looking for the person who's struggling, starving, needs to get a deal going to get them through the business. What's one thing to get them over that hump? And one thing I want to say, I've been uh, this week watching Grant Cardone's replay of the 2021 uh, 10X Con. Uh, Grant Cardone is uh, uh, one of the flavors I've been listening to here in the last few months for motivation, I'm always putting in good stuff into my mindset to keep myself focused and, 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 on, and on the grind and doing what I'm supposed to do. You know, over the years I've had different coaches, uh, Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar, um, uh, Mike Ferry at one time, and I have really got, got into t- uh, Grant Cardone in the last year or so because I really feel like he really answered the call of the challenge of the COVID better than anybody. And his book, uh, if you haven't read 10X, I'll, I'll share a quick story. I met him once on the phone, cold calling when he was an expired listing. And he answered and he, he blew me off the phone. He was, uh, uh, he was, I was good, but man, he was a salesman, salesman. And I bought his book. At that time, it was um, Sellers to Be Sold. I read it. It was great. And then the next book he had that came out was uh, Hey, Alex Camacho, you're from Maui? Is that a long phone call for you? I'm going to break you there while he's logging in. Um, anyhow, so uh would uh, be sold. And then right after that, the book came out, which was 10 X and to short 10 X down to a couple sentences. 10 X means that if you're not getting your goals, probably the best solution is this to just to do 10 times, whatever you think you need to do. Right. So if you say to me, well, Bill, you know, I, I, uh, I'm struggling in my real estate practice. I'm not closing a business. And I'd have to count, well, how many people are you talking to on a on a daily basis, a weekly basis? And I had somebody last week say to me, oh, I I made 20 contacts last week. Not, not in the morning, not in a couple hours, 20 people in the last week. I said, well, I can solve your problem. Just talk to 200 in a week. And I guarantee you in three days, that will solve your problem." You'll figure out what to say and how to say it. Because I promise you, if you talk to 200 people, you will figure it right right out how to, what to say, what what not to say. And if you have a question, well, when should I make my phone calls? If you talk to 200 people in a week, you'll figure out a schedule that works for you. You'll solve all your problems if you just do 10 times what you were doing. Guaranteed, 100%. So, I know for me, back when uh, when COVID hit, I was going to court every day for three hours. Like some realtors door knock in a farm area, maybe 500 houses, and they door knock in each one over a period of time. Um, I went to court every day and hung out. And my goal was to leave with a person's name, phone number, and email address that I could make contact with going forward. That was my goal. Uh, if I figure if I really average that, it would all work out, work my numbers out. And it worked out really well. And then about a year ago, when the court closed, I, uh, and I've told you guys this story before, how I really struggled thinking about all the pending yeshers that were gonna cancel. I'd worked so hard to build my business. And I thought, what am I gonna do? And I watched Grant Cardone had, a, had a, a meeting online. He was in the same position with his business. And what he said was, we're gonna figure this out, cancel every expense, make a list of all things you can do that can generate revenue right now and just do those things. And so for me, I sat down and said, how can I talk to 10 times more people? Well, I can't go to court. I can't go to meetings. I'll build my own. And so from about a year ago, I built this call from zero. to we get usually 30, 40 people per call. I do another one on Tuesday on real estate investment, another 40 or 50 people per call. Now we added YouTube channel. In fact, if you're on YouTube, if you like this, please like it. If you don't, don't. If you have a question or comment, put in the comments or subscribe to the channel. We built a YouTube channel now that has about 40 people twice a week as well. And so what I want to say to you, I've been listening to his 10XCon, and he's had some amazing guest speakers. He had Mike uh, Rowe. He's the guy who does dirty jobs. Phenomenal actor. He had Pitbull. What a story he has. He said a number of people, and the thing that's consistent about all of them is they work for years before anybody discovered them, and to this day they all still work hard. All of them make a lot of money. Most of us would be would be content to count their money the rest of our life. They're still on the grind every single day. Now, a couple lessons for you. One is. If you're not in the grind, get on the grind. If you're on the grind and running, if it's going to work, it's going to work as long as you keep doing what you have to do. If you're looking for a place to go, a very modest investment, ninety-seven dollars. Grant Cardone's having his 10x boot camp this weekend. and I signed up, and I got a box that has his workbook and in his book, the 10x rule, and some swag. And you get some free video uh, conferencing with his team. And with him. So, what I'll say is, as much as I like the idea when people get into probate, they say, well, I'm looking for a niche because it's easier. It's not easier. I think if you work hard, you get more results. But there is nothing easy about my job. I'm having great success. Thank God. I thank God every day for the blessings. My cup is overflowing with blessings financially, with people my family, but also it's only because I work hard at it every single day. And I promise you, if you do too, you will get that result. And if you're not getting that result, or you're not sure, call me step and one-on-one with me. I'll be glad to see what you're doing wrong to get you those results. Because you put in the effort, the way the math works in real estate, you get the results. That's just how it is. But you got to put in the effort first. And the other thing I'd say to you about life is life can be hard when you're struggling. You might as well work hard because it's going to be hard anyhow. So I'm glad to talk about probate and some shortcuts and ways to make money. But here's what I'm going to say to you. All of that presupposes you put in the effort every day. And that means seven days a week. I work five days a week in about three or four hours on Sunday. I take off Saturdays and Sabbath. Saturday. Okay, I work seven days a week. I don't even, I work, I quit work every day about six o'clock. I don't even work 12 hours a day, I think. But I put a consistent at working every day. Now, that's kind of my motivational message for the day. Anybody have any question anything you want to add on that, on the idea of what you've got to do to work hard to be successful in business? No?
1: Not seeing a raised hand, but hi, Bill. I would say you said it the best. I did want to um, pose a question when there was an opportunity. Go ahead. Okay. So last week and last couple of weeks, you were distinguishing or helping us distinguish the differences between full authority and limited authority, and going into the MLS and you know and starting to search the records and understand what we're looking at. So I have uh, done some research. And I didn't get them from the MLS, but I was able to obtain um, some records. And I'm seeing where it says full executor, full admin, admin, special admin in the petition, in the authority section. So does any of that make a difference? Or should I just go ahead and bite the bullet, which I've started to do, and just make the calls if there's a phone number associated? Make the calls. Yep.
0: I mean, yes, yes, some people aren't yet authorized and some are authorized, but it's a relationship and a process. It's not a checkbox that you're trying to hit. Okay. And even the data is not always so accurate. I'll share with you guys real quick. Here's an example of a property I happen to know. You can't just rely on what you read when you research this stuff. Uh, partially because I think real estate agents almost purposely want to mislead you. Here's a case. Who here would like to sell a $5.9 million listing in Los Angeles? I'd love
2: to sell it. Sounds good to me. Yes, for sure. Who's that?
0: Who's that? sounds good?
2: Justin Tucker.
0: Justin, wouldn't that be great? Even if the commissioner needed to cut your commission to only 2%, it's almost $120,000 of commission. Gross. You cap on your first deal at EXP, right? So here it is. It shows it's pending. But before it it was just what pending today. I happen to know this property. But here's what I tell you if you talk to this agent, they'll tell you they're experts in probate. Meanwhile, it still says in the agent remarks, court overbid hearing February 22nd. Well, what's wrong about that? Or I should say, what, what should be updated about that? The court hearing will be on February, it's scheduled for February 22nd.
1: It's already passed.
0: Really? You notice that? Mm-hmm. And so what I want to say is that don't buy when when other agents come across as being experts, even me, you would challenge me, ask me questions. I wanted to prove myself. Okay. But just because it says something in the MLS or says something in the file, trust and verify. And I'll tell you this, I make a living looking for agents, hiding properties that should be marketed because it means many agents don't find them. And I take those to my investors and we buy them and make money on them and flip them. Now, I looked at this property and I thought it was a little, I didn't see enough profit there. And I'm not by any chance an expert on development or multifamily. I didn't see anything there to really make it worth my time to bring to somebody's attention, given the story that I knew. But my point is this dig deep, read, you know, ask people questions. If you get a chance, talk to the administrator or the executor, or the attorney. They'll tell you the story sometimes, the real story. Don't buy what you see in the paperwork sometimes. Does that answer your question, Andrea?
1: Yes, yes, it does. Because um, I I did not want to get uh, distracted by all the different types of authorities, but I did want to let you know that I've started the research and now I have some names and numbers and um, I have been calling and I will continue. So I'll keep you posted.
0: Now, just to answer your question a little bit deeper though, when you say different authorities, there's two types of authorities that states apply for. They apply to either get full authority, which gives them a lot of privileges to make the executive administrator can take action on behalf of the state or limited authority gives them less or limited authority. So for example, Um, full authority they can sell property and take assets and pay bills pretty much as they want. They can't take distributions but the court kind of uh, trusts them to not put the money in their own pocket. But they can pay things to vendors and and, uh, attorney's fees and things like that. They can list a house and sell a house pretty much on their own. Not completely but pretty much. Limit authority, any money they get goes into a blocked account. Any check written has to be approved by the court. Sometimes they apply for full authority, but it gets approved as limited authority.
1: Okay, because like I see one here, it says limited authority executor. Mm-hmm. And then I see one that says administrator.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I see one that says full administrator.
0: So full versus limited is based on the approval that the court gives them or doesn't give them. Executor versus administrator and executor is the person named in the will to execute the will. Okay. So sometimes sometimes the will from mom and dad will say, we nominate our oldest son, Joey, to be the executor. He's executor. Sometimes they die without a will, or the will doesn't name anybody, and so somebody applies to be the administrator of the will. They're functionally the same. but executor means they were named in the document. Administrator means they had to apply for John.
1: Okay, and then they're still an attorney uh listed with a phone number Mm -hmm. but then there's also a phone number listed here with the son so i should be calling the son
0: yeah i as a general rule somebody else asked the question um about but i'm saying general uh cold calling attorneys i don't know anybody who's done that in the last 10 years and been productive with that here in los angeles okay i'm not saying it can't be done i'm not saying it can't be done i'm not gonna rain you a parade but I don't know anybody who's done it because uh, there's a lot of reasons why. One is attorneys are very anti-sales, right? You and me are are salespeople. So when people call us, realtors are suckers to salespeople because we're salespeople and attorneys kind of are the opposite. Is one reason why. And and another reason why is based on my analysis, 95% of the cases are done by attorneys who do one a year or one every two years. So it's hard to get traction unless you're targeting certain attorneys and those tend to have their own vendors, okay?
1: Yes, that's great, Bill. I
0: appreciate it. Sure. And then uh, Patty Fasten. Patty, you're a real estate agent here in the LA area, right? I think we've talked before. She asked a question in the chat box. She asked, you go to probate court every day and approach attorneys. So uh, I see another hand up. Um, So Patty, the answer is not now. So pre-COVID, I went to court every day, and um, I would say I approached attorneys. I approached more um, petitioners and investors, uh, met attorneys along the way, made a point of meeting them, bumping into them, introducing myself as appropriate. So I would say I wouldn't really approach them. I'd say some, something with which to approach them. Maybe I'd seen them online or seen them uh, you know, in some other manner. But generally speaking, I was more looking for the, the petitioners who had to sell property. I see a hand up, Sabrina. Sabrina. There we go. Hi there, how are you? I'm great, how are you? I'm
3: doing good. I'm closing an escrow under full authority. And I was wondering, this might be an off the wall question, but I was wondering what kind of a gift would you give the attorney?
0: Wow. So in your role as your real estate agent?
3: I'm a realtor. Yeah, I was a listing agent.
0: Oh, congratulations, and I, I don't think we've met before, have we?
3: On on Zoom,
0: we have. Yes. Okay. Where do you do real estate? Studio City, Sherman Oaks. And was the was the uh, escrow referred to you by the attorney, or they just happened to participate?
3: Um, it, yeah, I worked it, and and it. Uh, I knew that somebody was not feeling well. They stayed in touch with me, and it just became what it is.
0: Well, so did, you asked about a gift, a closing gift to the attorney. Did the attorney is he the one who referred you to business, or he just? No, was, no, he's
3: not the one that referred the business.
0: Yeah, he, you know, I think closing gifts are a great topic, and I, I think uh, as realtors, uh, you know, something I've always struggled with. To be honest. my brother was a very big gift giver at holiday time and a closing gift giver. Um, I belong to a networking group with a couple of friends who are online, and uh, there's a program that we use that sends out cards and or small gifts on a regular basis. And I'll be honest with you, I've really uh, struggled. I do send out when somebody sells my listing, I send them a book as a thank you. I have a book delivered to them with a little thank you card. Um, I'm a listing agent and I want to build a network of agents on my listings. But so to answer your question, I don't have a special answer. I've never um, sent something as a closing gift to an attorney, even who referred me business. Um, I've invited them to lunch. I think, uh, of course, now with COVID. so I don't we, want to
3: go to lunch with anybody at this point.
0: Yeah. I would say take COVID out of the equation, but maybe that will help you find the answer. But what I'd say to you is that attorneys are big on networking by going to lunch. That's like a, a real attorney thing. They'll almost say yes to anybody who invites them to lunch near their office or near the court they're going to be at. And so if you think about that as being an appropriate uh, gift, perhaps a gift card to a, a restaurant might be appropriate and say, Hey, you know, normally I'd love to go to lunch with you, but we can't maybe in a few months. We'll, we'll get a chance to, or even a thank you card. I'd love to go out to lunch with you. You might make that invitation now and, and have it, um, you know, uh, a rain check for when you feel comfortable and they feel comfortable going out to lunch, but real, uh, attorneys are really big. Uh, almost any attorney I find that if you have any way of knowing who they are, We'll agree to go to lunch with almost anybody. They may not spend three hours with you, but my experience is that they'll go to lunch with you. That would be, I think, I would try to keep my relationship with them as an equal, well, not a thank
3: Yeah, obviously I haven't done business with this attorney and I hope to do more business with them. Yeah. So I'm just trying to kind of encapsulate yeah. this moment. I thought maybe a bottle of Dom Perignon, uh, have it delivered or so, yeah. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, my answer is no. I wouldn't send a gift. I would more try to extend to build the relationship, but I'm not, I don't have a special authority on the right way to do it. So I would, anybody else have any input on gifts to, on closing gifts to attorneys? Uh I don't have any special, special answer for you, Sabia. I'm sorry. Okay, no problem. Uh, Renee H with a hand up.
1: I have a question. Um, I pulled a record and it has the property value, let's say at 185,000. Uh-huh. And then, but the Zestimate from Zillow was 560, 560,000. I'm wondering
0: how the court comes up with that property value. Oh my God. You mean the Zillow estimate might be wrong? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a couple of possibilities. Now, when you say appraisal, um, one piece of data in the, um, in the court file is they'll do an appraisal of the date of death. And then they'll do appraisal within a year of the sale of the property if there's full authority acquired. So depending on when the person, the seed passed, uh, maybe that appraised that appraisal value you're looking at, or sometimes the service, if you buy data from a service, sometimes they will, on the form, instead of form 4B, which is the date of death appraisal, they'll put in, instead uh, of so 4C, which is the current appraised value, they'll put in 4B, which is the appraisal of the date of death. Sometimes they put in the assessed value. It's also possible, and it happens occasionally with um, a probate, that what's for sale is not the whole house, but half or third. So you have to go into the um, um, petition for uh, court confirmation that's selling in a court, and it will have, it'll tell you the property is for sale and say what percent. And sometimes you'll see. or 50% because the decedent owned it with somebody else other than their wife. And so when they passed, that transfer didn't happen automatically and it's part of the probate. I have a client who bought 50% interest in a property in uh, Sherman Oaks. I've seen sales of a third, I've seen sales of a half, I've seen sales of a quarter. So check the file uh, carefully. Um, Renee, if you want, if you want to give me a call, we can look at the file together, We'd be glad to maybe take a look at it with you and see if that helps helps you figure it out, okay? Okay, thank you. Sure, thanks for the question. Great questions today. today. Uh, Scott Wetzel, follow your state guidelines. An attorney. Not sure what that means, Scott. What does that mean, uh, follow the state guidelines as far as closing gifts, like how much you can give? <laughs>
2: Yeah, with closing gifts, I'd follow whatever your state guideline is, especially Uh when you're dealing with an attorney. Uh Um, Sometimes they're really great. And sometimes, well, you know, they're attorneys. Exactly. So I just (laughs) do the guideline. And if you can take them out, there's a lot more liberal play when you take them on a business meal face to face, as opposed to a gift card or something like that. Don Perignon, if it is true, is I'd say a little over the cap, no matter what state you're in.
0: Yeah, i say that. And also, again, I, I'm much more interested in building a relationship than I am giving them a gift personally. But there are people who do gifts, Yeah, but definitely follow your state guidance, thank you. you and you're you right.
2: You can do marketing to the office. Correct. And, uh, a, a gift backs or brownies or cookies, because that's to the whole staff. Correct. You can get kind of liberal in your marketing. Right. And you put it under marketing not under gift right and it's an irs thing yes i agree so, with you talk to your cpa
0: again it gets only how much is deductible you give a gift that's more than a deductible amount if it's going to make a difference right it's it's uh, but there's there, certain businesses have limits on gifts like i used to work in aerospace and we couldn't accept gifts more than a certain dollar amount because they're considered bribes and and people regularly would bribe us you know with Thousand dollar stereo sets or all kinds of crazy things, um, but if you ever wonder why there's so many strip bars by the airport, one reason why is that's where all the aerospace companies were, and the salespeople would take out buyers to strip bars. Um, when I used to, I used to be a buyer at aerospace, and I'd see my colleagues go out all the time to do that, and it's crazy what what people do for business. But I again, I would I would much rather have the relationship based on me being a professional. That's my approach. So. Okay, I'm not going to see. I sent them Harry and David gift basket. Harry and David. Uh, Patty, what's Harry and David?
4: It's a company. It's a uh, 800 number company. They have catalogs and it's, you know, fruit. they have fruit of the month or they have, uh, you know, gift baskets. You can add wine to it. It's very nice.
0: Very nice. Okay. Harry and David gift baskets or gift card. Very nice. Um, And then what else? Um, Dave Wyman has a little note there. Thank you, Dave. Okay, good. Uh, Renee, hand up again.
1: Yeah, I got another question. Sorry.
0: No, great. Thank Um, you.
1: I got a list of probates. And on the list, it says it has a do not call. And as a realtor, I'm not supposed to, I'm supposed to follow that. So I'm wondering
0: uh, how to get around that. Or is there any way to get around that or what to do about that? Can I ask you which service um, did you get it from? You get it from all the leads or? I got it aliens. from Paul Horn. Paul Horn okay. Probate Money. Yep. So you know it's interesting. Um, I've been in the real estate cold calling business uh, for a long time, and I used to say a couple things. I used to say I never heard of anybody being prosecuted for do not call as a realtor. I can't say that anymore. I know people do. I know that people who have a business now to capture you and and they have like a whole system to squeeze about a thousand bucks out of you for each infraction. Um, I also uh, used to say that uh, we're exempt from the law, the way the law is written, because we're not really selling anything, even though we say we're salespeople and we're selling them and using us. the reality is we're calling to see if they have a problem and we would uh, offer to do a service for them but we're not selling them anything. Uh, there's a distinction in the law. And the realtors, because we have a very powerful lobby, um, we able, I think, to carve out that exemption uh, that, because we're not selling anything technically that we, could, that we weren't subject to the do not call list. That said, if somebody, you know, one of the things my father, a blessed member, used to say, and he was an attorney, anybody can sue anybody for anything. And the people who are suing for do not call list um, are, um, you know, they know that your pressure point. So for example, Renee, I don't know what company you work for, but I work for a very large NASDAQ traded multi-billion dollar company. I can be right, but if they're going to push the issue to my corporate office, I'm going to end up paying as though I'm wrong. You follow me?
1: Yeah. what Keller Williams?
0: Same thing. I think they see Keller Williams and they, you know, probably wrongly assume the owner of your office is gary keller but either way they'll go to gary keller and complain about it and, and bombard his phone with faxes and emails and stuff and get attention to get you so people will do that so it's it's very challenging on the flip side renee what percentage of those phone numbers have do not call on them
1: maybe 50 50
0: yeah at least 50 percent. yeah so it's challenging what the answer there is and in. in I think you have to work with your broker and get the right answer for you and follow your company policy um, properly. And and every office is a little different. Again, I believe legally uh, that you're entitled to make those phone calls, but there's a business decision to be made, which is if you call the wrong person, you're going to have a problem. That said, if you are going to make those phone calls, I tell people all the time, be as if somebody calls you on it, be as polite and get off as quickly and painlessly as you can. Don't just hang up the phone because that would, just, that would just piss them off more. But you want to get off as quickly. You never want to argue with them. I've heard agents in the office. I used to run these cold calling events, and agents would argue with the person, hey, we can call real realtors. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't ever argue with somebody when they're mad. That's just a good rule in life. When somebody's mad, you're not arguing anymore. Now you're just ping-ponging emotions. So, uh, Anyhow, to ask your question, yes, half of them are do-not-call lists. And that's the business we're in, I don't know what to say. There are people you know, who make a living texting all those people. And the ones who do that are usually small independent investors who can't really get sued. So um, anyhow, um, it's definitely a challenge and you need to talk to your broker and follow your company policy. At our, at our company, we can't call, uh, do not call this. We're just too big a target. And it's not an option for us. I can call people. I just can't cold call a list of people on uh, the don't call list. I've had people call me and say, "Do you know on they don't call list?" And I would say, "But yeah, but you're the attorney of this case. I'm not cold calling you. I, I'm calling you because there's a file, and I'm calling you because of the file."
1: Hey, Bill. I have a fun fact. I actually hey. met you. At, I met you at one of your cold calling events.
0: Really? You know, I thought your name was me the first time we run Zoom call. Which one did you uh, meet me at?
1: Um, the one that, um, Neil used to have out what maybe five, yeah, I'd say at least six years ago, five or six years ago. How many people were there when we did it? It was huge. It was massive. That was fun. It was really, really good. And you kept telling me, call more people, call more people.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like a broken record. I I didn't mean to do that to you, but that's really the bottom line. Yeah. That was my business for about, um, with Neil about four and a half years and then with another company for a year. I would mm-hmm. run um, the the company. You know how they had these use a big bullpens, and so I'd arrange it where we could use them and get you know uh, calling set up and maybe some stand up stations and headsets. And I'd create phone numbers and I do some scripting. And we'd have a room full of people calling. We'd have fifty or sixty people calling. We called the phone blitz. Uh, and uh, I did yeah. that for years. That and just, was it for yeah, sure. And help build. Was. I was I was uh, end up going from being a manager to uh, general manager of. Uh, Uh, company we went from seven to 14 offices and uh, it was a lot of fun those days so yeah well thank you for for pointing it out um sabrina has your hand hand up
3: yes um i was wondering um if somebody doesn't have the money or doesn't want to spend the money and they're either the petitioner or the executor and you need to have the house cleaned and you know staged or whatever
0: where would that money come from? Sure. So, um, and of course, we're assuming we're talking about a, a cash poor estate that has equity, but doesn't right. have cash to lay money oh, yeah, out for yeah. things. And just to clarify the, the, the terms you use petitioner, is somebody who's filing a petition, usually that refers to them before the petition's granted. They're petitioning to either be the administrator or executor. Once it's approved, they become the administrator or executor. Exactly. So really you're asking two questions, I think, if I could break it down for you. One question is what do they do to borrow money before they're approved or can they? And the second question is once they're approved and they still don't have any cash, what can they do then? Mm-hmm. So before they're approved, the ch- you know, the challenge as a real estate agent is they don't really have the authority to make a contract as the as the estate. The person, yeah. you can lend the person money. You can lend anybody you want money, but they may or may not have any equity and they may or may not have any uh, any inheritance coming. So you can make a judgment as to what you want to do. I've lent money where, let's say, the petitioner, not yet approved, uh, needed to clean up or fix up a house. I would lend a couple thousand dollars because they were credit worthy. They owned another house. They just didn't want to spend the estate money they didn't have. And they want to spend their own money because they wanted to come out of the estate, and so I would say to them, "I'll advance you a thousand, two thousand dollars, and we'll, I'll do the cleanup, and we'll do some minor stuff uh, to get it ready, or maybe just to, uh, you know, in, get rid of. The, we had some animals and that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, so, but you also can. Um, I actually have a company that I own where we advance money to future heirs. So somebody who has a property, they're not yet approved, and they don't have the authority or the letters of authority. Uh, but we know they're they're likely to um, inherit a $500,000 house or half of the value, uh, you know, my company will advance them against their inheritance, five, 10, 20, 30, $50,000 or more against their inheritance. Now we but, can read the, the and the so only- How do we get to that site? Call me and we'll talk about it. I, I just, I do that myself. I'll, I'll help you with your deal and, and help you get that closed. I don't need to be the agent on the deal. Um, and I'll give you advice as the agent for free because I get paid back when the, when the property sells. Well,
3: I think I would just put you in touch with the seller, buyer, or, or I mean the seller. You yeah. know, once they get approved, then they can yeah. just go to you and get the money and, yeah. and then we're off. Okay, good.
0: But you can even do it before they're approved if they want, depending on the circumstances. Uh-huh. They might want money ahead of time to uh, pay taxes, mortgage, uh, uh-huh. maintenance, uh, get somebody to move out of the property, get started on it early. So, uh, they may just need some cash. So, uh-huh. you know, they will need to be approved to borrow the money. Um, and then as a realtor. Do you, do you have like a brochure I can
3: leave that will say that we, we have this? I don't.
0: I don't. I think it's something I'd love to get and build on someday. I just don't right now. Huh. Um, but I would just say that there's a lot of different ways to get the money. There's a lot of different ways. Sometimes I can have vendors do work and not charge them until they get the authority. So what I, what I try to tell people is rather get caught up in the how, uh, it's the who, have them talk to me and let's put a game plan together. Okay. Now as a realtor, I will say I have a credit card I use just for this purpose, for advancing clients' money for move out, cash out, trash out, um, advances and such. I look at it as part of my business. It's a tool I use, uh, you know, judiciously. I have to check it out and make sure I'm getting paid back. I don't charge them the interest or fees
3: but would you be a co-agent, listing agent, or no?
0: I can if necessary. If but not, if, it,
3: if it's not necessary, like
0: no. just a source of funds, we just yeah. go to you and. Yeah, okay. yeah, and you'll get me giving you coaching behind the scenes for free because I want you to be successful, so I get paid back.
3: Well, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm not. My all my astros is closed. so. Okay.
0: Yeah. I wish I. I wish I could say that, but. Um, yeah. No. I. <laughs> I yeah. So and then. Once they have once they're the administrator, there are loans to estates. They're expensive. Is one way. There's another way, which is their companies will advance money, uh, but they control the contractor and the work. So they're basically doing the work, and then it sells and they get paid back at the end. So I, I would say there's a lot of different ways in the challenge. A lot of the agencies, you know, if all you have is a hammer, everything in life looks like a nail. You'll start pounding on people. When maybe you should use a little more finesse right. so what i try to do is really understand what's their goal what do they want to accomplish and then find the right tool for that particular situation mm-hmm. good good question sabrina thank you for uh, getting on okay
4: um, um, bill yes I, I have a question my system won't won't allow me to to raise my hand, I just, I don't have that uh, thing. Anyway, I do have okay. a question. I had somebody uh, contact me uh, and he he was expecting an inheritance from an uncle who had passed away. I mean, a couple of hundred thousand dollars
2: mm-hmm.
4: um, because he wanted to buy a, a house, uh, a manufactured house mm-hmm. and, um, or was it a mobile home. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of in a remote section outside of Tucson when he finally sent me uh, pictures, but he had an idea of how he wanted to fix it up and we couldn't lend on it because it really wasn't commercial. Um, He really wanted to move into it and we only um, lend to people who want to rent it or fix it up and sell it, but I, I, I know about um, you know, the heirs and so forth. Uh, it's just, I, I never even thought of that.
0: Right.
4: Would, would you be interested in talking with him, even though the, the equity is in a, first of all, the house looked like a decrepit, you might as well tear it down and rebuild it again for what it looked like.
0: Right.
4: And. Um, um,
0: well, here's the thing. It's worth something. So once you figure out what it's worth, then you know what his the value is. And if they're committed to selling it uh or uh whatever they're gonna do with it, then then there's a value there. Yeah, I could advance on that. By the way, that's Marcy Green, Sea Green Financial.
3: Yeah. And she's right.
0: a lender who does, who I believe specializes in lending to businesses, right? Right. So if you have if you have a business, fix and flips, investors and such. Uh so this is a case okay. where. The advanced insurance is a little unique product. My experience, the reason why I got into the business was I would call a company and they just, they they would you know, tell the customer they could do it and then tell me a week later they couldn't do it. I'm like, well, hold on now. I've already listed the property. I got money in this deal. I got pictures. I got signs. I'm into it for a couple thousand dollars. Uh, you know, it's kind of like working with mortgage companies. If you only work with one as a real estate agent, you're going to be out of business. Because, yeah. because number one, most of them don't do what they say they're going to do. And, and number two, those that do it, what they say they can do, do a very narrow slice and they won't do other parts. Like, you know, the customers who are very technology oriented and very easy to work with on the phone, they'll do those. But I get paid sometimes with customers who are elderly or don't have internet access or need more handholding. I make a lot of money for those people helping them out. And so I need a, a, I found I needed lenders who would accomplish that uh, with me. So one company just didn't work. I was working with three different companies and I finally just said, no, I'll just do my own. And then if I can't do one, I'll take it to one of them and get paid. So, um, but definitely if you have an, a, uh, somebody, a, an heir who has equity, doesn't matter what it is. If they're going to sell now, it or they're going to refinance it, we'll find some way to get it done.
4: He didn't have the equity. He wanted to buy that home and we couldn't fund it.
0: I thought like you said he was... He was an heir to something. Yes. Oh, he is an heir to that property. No, he he's not
4: an heir to the property. He is an heir. He was expecting money from uh, an, an, an uncle who had expired. And we can lend that, the money. That, that, money, money. That, that money hadn't come through yet. So he needed some, some bridge loan and so forth. And we could not provide it for him.
0: So I can advance that they have a, an inheritance coming. Uh, and we can document it. Uh, that's legitimate. Then we can. In some cases, they've been filed yet. We'll help them along. Uh, if there's money in the in the estate, we can advance them a portion of that money. Okay.
4: Uh, uh, I I think he'd be able to document it. I I'll yeah. I'll go back and get in touch with him because yeah. it was just a couple of weeks ago that I was in touch with him.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good. Then I'll buy you a, a thank you gift. I'll send you a. Uh, a, a, a box of brownies or something from mailbox power
4: no uh you can send me uh i don't even like those brownies you can send me another <laughs> mug though
0: okay i'll send you a mug
4: you know an, another mug that i make a difference
0: marcy green the in mug? addition to being a financial whiz is uh in a networking group i'm in and we get we must see each other a couple times a week so one of the highlights of my day is uh, seeing marcy um, okay let's see hey, never,
4: um, I I somebody is asking how they can be in touch with me I just put my information up there they can right. call me or email me
0: Marcy from Seagreen Financial
4: That is correct thank you
0: <laughs> I've been around Marcy a lot okay Sabrina has her hand up Sabrina. Yeah I
3: have a question in terms of the order like the, the, the attorney uh, sends out the uh, uh, a petition he files the petition for either administrator or executor but Isn't the, do the notice, does the notice of proposed action come simultaneously with the letters or does the attorney get the letters before, or do I list at the same time I'm getting that confused.
0: Yeah. So, uh, what Sabrina's talking about is on cases that don't need court approval, typically full authority cases where the. Administrator, executor can almost do what they want. Um, in some cases, they'll need to file a notice of proposed action, which puts the other people in the case on notice you're about to do something and to give them a chance to object uh, if they have the right to object to what's being done. So the common example is um, you know, uh, there's three siblings who uh, are, are planning to inherit the property and the brother wants to sell the house, uh, but the brother wants to sell it to his best friend on the cheap Property's worth 500. And the brother's going to sell it to his best friend for $300,000 because the best friend's going to turn around and sell it back to him for 350. And they're going to pocket the money that they ripped off their own siblings on. And so the, um, he'll, if he files a notice of proposed sale, Uh, it will say, you know, he's selling it for 350. And when the other heirs will go, whoa, 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 I object. And they'll go to the court or file with the court or not. Maybe they're not paying attention and they miss their period to object. And then the the, the, um, dishonest brother can go ahead and sell the property and cheat his siblings. I see that happen all the time. I also see where the sibling figures it out, rushes to court and stops that from happening all the time. So, uh, uh question is, when does that get done? And it doesn't have to be done all the time. Um, but but um, title companies won't insure title unless it's done. And so I've had attorneys, you know, really smart attorneys tell me, hey, this isn't needed legally. And I said, well, legally, you're right. But if the title company won't insure the title. Guess what? You're not selling the house. You ain't guess to so. It doesn't matter how right you are. You can, one of my first coaches taught me you can be right or you can be rich. You can't be both all the time. So Sabrina's question is, when does it happen? And so most commonly notice proposed actions for a number of actions. We as realtors are most interested in the notice of proposed action when it's a sale. And that's normally done when the sales terms have been agreed to. And then the question you might ask, Sabrina or a realtor, well, gee, if they agree to sell the house for five hundred thousand dollars, and imagine there's inspection, and then there's whatever damages or the appraisal comes in low, and we have to adjust the sales price, do we need to update the notice of proposed action? And again, you know, you only have to if you uh, uh, are forced to by the title company or forced to to cover yourself, because an attorney might say, hey. If you don't disclose that reduction, the your brother could sue you saying you gave away money cheaper than you should. And, and I see all the time as recently as yesterday, siblings will come to court and say, you're selling it too cheap. And the sibling will say, well, do you want to buy it for that price? Well, no, I don't want to buy it for that, but you're selling it too cheap. And they'll say, well, we've had the market for you know three months and, and whatever. So um, uh, siblings fight about this stuff all the time. That's kind of nature. Of probate. In fact, let me just put a quick advertisement for what's the best way to avoid probate? Ah, get a living trust. You know, if you, or your client, buys a house in Southern California, you should say a living shoot trust. your brother
2: or sister. Do what? Shouldn't shoot your brother or sister then?
0: Um, probably not, Dave. That's probably not the
2: best policy. Okay. I'm going to make note of that.
0: Yeah. Even though I like to at times. <laughs> I
2: need mean, to at times.
0: And I'm not saying it wouldn't be fun. It'd be wrong though. I do know somebody told me for the was, moment thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so. Okay. Never mind. One, okay. Um, okay. Good. So, Sabrina, I answered your question.
3: Yeah. So I understand you to say that there's a propose, there's a notice of proposed action and a notice, a uh, notice to perform uh, uh, proposed, I'm sorry. Notice of proposed action of a sale, the two th- different things.
0: No, no, no. Same thing. Same okay. document. But they, there could be other notice of proposed actions.
3: I see, I see. For the reduction exam.
0: It could be a lot of things. I mean, I think that the purpose of the notice is just to put all the parties on notice so they can't object, right? right? So anything that someone would say, hey, I didn't know you did that. I didn't know you sold mom's you know, treasure chest. I didn't know you sold the Holy Grail. I didn't know that you... So, so if you're worried, if you want to avoid you know, confrontation, you would file a notice to do that. And then fall through on it.
1: Bill, I have a quick question to that. So are you saying that there's if there are in fact items inside of the house, um, heirlooms and such, then that has to be on put be put on notice as well?
0: I, I'm not saying you know whether it has to be or not would be a legal judgment.
1: Oh okay. and or
0: a business decision. What I'm saying, as a business decision, there are cases where you might want to notice something. Just because you know that somebody's gonna complain about it and you wanna get it out in the open and, and filed so that they can't later come back and sue you. I'll give you a famous example. In my life, my mother, uh, my mother's mother passed when she was young. And she had these, these um kind of dining room decorations called lusters. They were like these glass, crystal, I don't know, fancy things. And my mom's stepmom took them. And for years, my mother had this resentment to her stepmother and her father for allowing the stepmother to take them. And my mother was the oldest daughter, but she was entitled to have them. I mean, it was really a source of pain. Well, had she sold the lusters, my mother whose husband's an attorney might have sued for selling these viable lusters without anybody knowing about it. So again, the the purpose of the notice proposed action is just to put everybody on notice something is done. And then they send out formal uh, notices to all the parties who are legally entitled to notice on that case. So, there's minimum legal requirements. That's one level. And there's other things that sometimes attorneys uh, or, or executors, administrators will notice just to cover themselves a little tighter. In fact, I've seen many cases where the estate had full authority, but the heirs were so contentious, they still put their sale through for court approval because they wanted the court approval so that the the other brother can sue them for unfairly managing the state. And that happens all the time.
3: But don't they understand that if they argue all this time that they, their chances of getting more money for the estate become smaller. I mean, Oh, sure.
0: They- yeah, no, sure. Family members are always very rational and treat their siblings uh, with the utmost respect and rationality. Sure. So do you have brothers or sisters?
3: I do. I do. I have a brother.
0: Well, he might be a lucky guy, but most people, um, your siblings aren't quite that um, rational.
3: So I guess the thing to do is find a probate that only has one beneficiary. It sounds like.
0: Well, I mean, I like it when there's I like when there's a lot of conflict because they need me to help maneuver between all the warring parties. I think that's one they, of my strength. But
3: they still need you, whether it's one or four.
0: Okay, but four need me more than one, so I'm I, I wouldn't shy away because there's only. I wouldn't uh, uh, shy away because there's four. I would, i take them all.
3: You know what I was told the other day, and I thought I'd share this, is that if there are three or four beneficiaries, all those beneficiaries become buyers.
0: Become buyers?
3: Possibly. I mean, there's more deals.
0: Well, uh, you know, I've heard people say that, that uh, each beneficiary is coming into money and they'll take that money and they'll go buy another house. A little easier said than done. Now, I, I imagine if you're in a smaller county in a smaller state, I, I, I'm guessing if you're in a, you know, a, a smaller county, say in South Carolina uh, mm-hmm. or Vermont, where everybody kind of knows everybody and you're one of the few realtors and the only one to does probate, I would imagine it's easy to meet the other siblings. You bump into them in court. Uh, and there's this, you know, part of L.A. and, and big cities is there's anonymity. And people act out because they think they can get away with it in a way they can't do that in, in a smaller town. And so there's probably some truth to that in some markets, but I'll say this in LA, I've never met the other heirs on my probate cases. It's just,
3: yeah, but they've heard of you. And if you find them through digital marketing, maybe there's a relationship and they feel there's a familiarity yeah. and they'll, they'll say, "Hey, they did a good job. Let's go find yeah.
0: something. Yeah. no, well, maybe happened. look, I hear the theory. I've just never been successful implementing it but I, I understand the theory and i'm
3: going to give it a shot
0: uh, well please do and give it give it about 90 days and, and report back and let us know your results all right because it's all about the results really it doesn't matter what i think it, it really matters you know I've, I've had people tell me some of the things i do are crazy but if they work for me and i get paid you know i rather, yeah. rather have that um renee asked me in the chat box how do i get my leads so i actually subscribe to several services for the data. Um, so there's two things I think I would say, there's how do you get your data and then what do you do with it? So I subscribe to Probate Daily, I subscribe to, uh, which is um, foreclosures daily, probate data. And I subscribe to Probate uh, probatedata.com and I subscribe to Probate Money, Paul Horn's program. Um, they all have a little different twist as to why I do it. Um, but frankly, I really focus in on the court sales Number one, number two, I shared data with some investors and wholesalers who are prospecting and bring me leads. So um, I'm not personally uh, cold calling at this time petitioners or um, attorneys. And I will say that I did, um, but uh, when COVID hit, it just stopped being productive. It's so long for the case filings. Now the case filings are back to normal. I might add that on. I'm working on something else right now. But I might add that back on. So, but for now, uh, the data I use, I use Probate Daily, probatedata.com, and I use Probate Money. It was a third company. Okay, good. Scott, you got that. And then uh, somebody else raised their hand again, but I think it went down. I think I spoke too quickly, then you all kind of got it at the same time. Yes. Okay, good. Roger, the hand
2: up. Yes, sir. Listen, I was looking at a file. Um, it had six beneficiaries, um, and each of them are said to get $60,000 if the three-bedroom, 1,300-square-foot house is sold. So I'm, I, I'm wondering, in this case, do the
0: other five kids know what their personal representative is doing? Well, theoretically... The, uh, the personal rep, the petitioner or the administrator slash executor has noticed them that they intend to file to be the, the personal representative. And then with a full authority or limited authority, they'll continue to notice them as appropriate down the road. So theoretically, they would know, but oftentimes people don't open the mail or read the mail or they're intimidated because it looks complicated in my experience, the papers, again, are fairly straightforward. If you read them, and they're in English, if you read English, I get some people don't. That's a different question. Um, but, but I am always surprised to find people say, I had no idea that's going on. Right. I, had a lady, I had a lady one day, I was uh, pre-COVID, after i go to court, I would go to the fourth floor where there was a probate room, and there computers there to do research. And I would meet petitioners and attorneys there. And one day, there was a woman there crying. And she said that um, she um, was too late to show up to object to her brother, who's a drug dealer, becoming the executor of the mother's estate. And she said, he's, you know, he's a criminal and he's a thief and he's this. And I said, well, didn't you know that um, this was going on? And she said, well, I got the first note. She had three notices. I got the first notice and I'd never really opened it. The second one I got was for last month I came here And um, I had the wrong day. And then today I I was traffic and I got here a half hour late is already approved. And so here's a lady who had three different notices for her share of a $600,000 house. What I was able to do was help her get in advance and then hire an attorney to watch her share of the property. Uh, And even though the guy tried to do something dishonest, we kind of caught him and she got her $300,000 at the end. So, yeah, so that's, that's the kind of reason why I do this business. You know, I'll I'll be honest with you. People ask me when I do this call, you know, why do you do this? And I had to stop sometimes because I I feel like if I tell them the truth. They won't believe me. The truth is I really just focus on trying to find people to help. And if I help enough people, I make plenty of money and it all, it all works out. It all works out in the end for me. Um, And, and helping those people who maybe just, she just couldn't get the letter and show up in court or hire an attorney, she just couldn't get that done. Helping that lady save her $300,000 that's why I do this. Okay, wow, lots of questions today. We're running out of time real fast. I I had, I wanted to go over last week. I started the 11 ways to get a probate sale, and I was going to go through one at a time, each of the 11 ways. So we'll start that next week. We'll cover pre probate marketing. So, um, next week, uh, before instead in my rant, I will just start right off with. Of the 11 ways to get us, uh, make money as a sale in probate, I'll talk about uh, the different uh, 11 methods and we'll go into each of them with a little bit of detail and I'll start next week with number one being pre-probate, okay? Um, 4.56, so I got to wrap up. A okay. reminder, um, this, we send a link out if you signed up on uh, Eventbrite. We send a replay of the video. You're welcome to watch it. If you like it, like it. If you have comments or questions, love them. Uh, if you would subscribe and support the channel, I'd appreciate that. We have on Tuesdays on investing. We have real estate investing zoom.com, real estate investingzoom.com. Tuesdays, three o'clock Pacific time. And we do this probate weekly every week on Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific Time. I'm Bill Gross. I am Bill at the La ProbateExpert.com. See you at the next one. Thank you so much for your help today. I appreciate you guys.
1: Thank you, Bill.
0: Thank you so much.